pastor, he, he let me know yesterday that he was not feeling well. And uh, he said, uh, he said, would you be willing to, uh, to take, take the service in the morning? I said, well, yeah, I can, I'll do it. Uh, I've got something I've been working on that God's given me. And so sure enough, as I sat down and started working on it, uh, that is not what I was supposed to preach. And so uh, I'm, I am, uh, as I was praying and just seeking God, it was, you know, I thought, you know, I need to, con- you know, felt like I needed to do what pastor's been doing and talking about better together. And, uh, and how many of you know that, that life is hard? I think we all do, right? But it's a lot easier when you've got somebody you can come along next to that can help you, right? It's always easier when you've got somebody that you can be, that's there for you, can be a part. And so that is uh, the idea of better together, that we, are, that we can be in unity. And, and so two weeks ago, Pastor started the series, and um, he, uh, he spoke of, of how Jesus came and was tempted in every way that we are. And that uh, he came because he loves us, and he wanted to he wanted to uh, bring us back to he wanted us to he wanted to bridge the gap to bring us back into that relationship with God and and um, and uh, so just like Christ came and died for us so that we could be restored, we're to restore one another, and that we are better together when we take care of one another and we and uh, just as Christ did for us. And then last week again he he uh, he shared about unity and he talked about the law of Christ and simply put it was love God and love people. And um, that is a very simple concept, and it is not always easy to live out. You know, one of the thoughts I had last week was, you know, I I am human, and I make my mistakes, and I know that there are times that I'm hard to love, and what I have to remember is, is when it comes time and somebody just rubs me the wrong way, we've all got Brother Sandpaper in our life, you know, that, that one person that just, you know, nobody else? No? Okay. Well, there are those people in my life anyway, and I have to remember when, when, I am, when God puts situations in my life and I have to deal with those people that I have to do it in love, that I have to be willing to, to love them even though it may not be easy because there are times that I'm hard to love. Ask my wife, ask pastor, the people that I'm close to, they know there are times I'm hard to love. But there are people in our lives that are that way. And so, not only that, but we, as one of the things that I love that he said last week is that you comes before I in unity. And so, as long as we're putting others first, we're putting God first in our lives, and then we put others before ourselves, then we're going to be able to love people a lot easier. We try to look at life from their perspective. We, we bear each other's or carry one another's burdens, and we lift each other up in prayer. And, you know, even those that, that maybe don't like us, those we would call our enemies or those that are hard to get along with. You know, we pray for them. We lift them up in prayer. Why? Because when we begin, I promise you if, you, if you've got a problem with somebody, pray for them. Because not only will God change them, he will change you. And, um, he, and, and God brings things together, and that's how he does it. And so this week, I want to continue with the thought of better together. And um, so I'm going to start in, a, in Ephesians. The majority of my scriptures this morning come from Ephesians, and so... Uh, I'm going to open up my Bible here because, uh, yeah. If you've got your, your Bible or your phone, you want to follow along, you can. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 2. And, um, and I'm going to read uh, a couple of verses from there. I thought I had it pulled up, but I didn't. Sorry. All right. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 20, and it says this. Uh, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone 
in whom we, sorry, in whom, in, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Every single person in here is an important individual. You are vital to the kingdom of God. Whether you realize it or not, you're a vital part. Why? Because it takes, this building doesn't just stand on one thing. It's got a foundation underneath it, and that's what it's built on. But the walls are held up because there are studs, because there are individual studs, because there is sheetrock, there are nails, there we've got a roof because of all these different things. And it takes every part to make this building whole, to make it a place that we can come into that's got heat, that's got air, that's, you know, we've got, it's an amazing place, you know, that uh, the lights and all these things that we have, the luxuries, the seats that we sit in, it takes every single part. And we are, that is who we are in the body of Christ. You are a vital part. You know, and some people, you know, think about your body. Have you ever stumped your toe on anything, your pinky toe? Anybody ever caught it on anything? Yeah. You may not think about that toe all day long, but the first time you stump it on something, that's all you think about, isn't it? Why? Because it's a vital part and it's hurt. And you are a vital part whether you realize it or not. God, is, God has put you in a, in, in a part of the body for a reason. And so why are you a vital part? It's because God's called you. God has called you. I'm going to jump over to Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to read verse 1. I'm going to, I'm going to jump through several scriptures here. So if you want to follow along, uh, starting with verse 1, it says, Therefore, Paul's talking here. He says, there, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So what I want us to understand this morning, uh, I guess uh, my three points, the idea behind them is this, is that we are... We are all called from something to something for something. And if you continue to read in Ephesians chapter 4, you drop down to verse 15, and Paul says this, Rather speaking, he's talking about how we are to work together. He says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint to which is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now this I say, and I testify in, in the Lord, that you must no longer work as Gentiles do in the, in the futility of their mind. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their, due to their hardness of hearts. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not why that but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now we'll jump over to chapter 5 and read a few verses there. And it says in verse 1, Paul says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. For at one time you were in the darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. 
walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is, in, that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Look carefully then how to walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, I jumped around through several verses there, so um, if you want to know what those are later, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. Um, but it was all in Ephesians chapter 5. And so God has called us from something. What has he called us from? He's called us from a life of darkness, one of ignorance. He's called us out of those things. And, and uh, we live, if we're not careful, we'll live our lives in the darkness. You know, I, I seen an illustration one time, and I'll never forget it. You know, they was talking about, you know, stepping into the light and being able to see what was going on. And it was this, it was this cartoon, and there was this, this guy, he was facing the, the darkness on one side. And there was this light shining behind him. And this guy said, why don't you turn around so that you can see everything? And he's like, no, I'm good. I can see. I can see. Because of the light that was coming from behind him. And he said, if you will just turn around, you'll be able to see everything. And finally, the guy turned around, and was, he was so shocked and so amazed because he was able to see everything clearly because he was facing the light, because he could see into the light and what the things that were around him. And so that's the same way that, that God is... Sorry, my iPad is acting goofy. Our tendency as humans is to react to life from our natural instincts, the things that we've been taught, the things that we have learned. It's a, you know, we've heard of knee-jerk reactions. Things happen, and what do we do? We instantly respond... But from the, out of the things that we have been taught, we don't have to go, okay, now what did I learn about this lesson? No, it's, an, it's, it's something instant. You know, a lot of times we don't think before we respond or before we act. Because, well, they said this about me. I'm going to da 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 And we know exactly what we're going to do and what we're going to say. You know, I have so many arguments in my head that have never even happened. Anybody else had those? You know, you have these situations where somebody has said something and you all of a sudden you start going through this conversation that you're going to have with this person and you've got it worked out in your head and you know how you're going to handle it. I'm going to put them in their place. And if you're like me, that never happens. Um, I'm getting better about speaking my mind, but I'm still not very good at it. Um, but uh, there, that's a good thing sometimes, not to the extreme that I take it, but in some situations it's better to keep our mouths shut. But so many times in life, we react to situations rather than respond to situations. And I had somebody give me this illustration. I'll never forget. It's been years ago. There's a difference between reactors and responders. A reactor is what you put in a nuclear warhead. And when it reacts, it goes off and it creates nothing but devastation. A responder is what an EMT is to a life-altering situation. And they bring health and healing. So we have to decide whether we're going to respond to a situation or we're going to react to a situation. And with God's help, we will become react responders rather than reactors. Now, so many times, what do we do? Well, what feels right? What do I think is right? But when we dig into the Word of God and we begin to allow God to change us, what we think is right and what we, what we feel like we should do may not be the answer. It may not be what we're supposed to be doing. It may not be because in the moment, a lot of times, we act out of our frustration or we act out of defense or our insecurities or whatever it is that we're dealing with. Most of these things we've been taught our entire lives. 
But the problem is, and what Paul was saying to the Ephesian church was, they were, they were Gentiles. They didn't know, they weren't raised in the Word of God. They, wasn't, they didn't know the ways of God. They were coming into this thing as new Christians. And what he was telling them is, is that don't necessarily act the way everybody else is acting. Because the way that you were taught, though it may be right in the world's eyes, though it may be right into the eyes of those that are around you, when you put yourself in the light of God and you look through it from his point of view, it may not be the right thing to do. We have to handle things God's, we have to handle things God's way. Paul warns us about these things. He talks about the futility of the mind and the blindness of the heart. Things that are futile have no usefulness. They have no effectiveness. They have no purpose and no importance. They have no lasting power for the eternal. They have no eternal value. Why? Because it's futile. Things that are futile are, they, they, they cause us to have, be futile of the mind. They, they have no concern or vision for what might be accomplished through Christ. A lot of times, people that have a futile mind or a blind heart, it is, they, are, they live out of selfishness. And I've been there. And I promise you, as I was putting this together, God was dealing with me about some things that some people would go, really, that's a big deal? Yeah, it is. Because God was dealing with me about it, so it's time for me to deal with it. A futile mind doesn't care what, it can, what can be accomplished for Christ. It has no idea or thought how to live as Christ would on the day-to-day. It never considers eternal consequences. You know, there's a lot of people that say that, you know, they look at the word consequences as a negative thing. But consequences can be a positive thing, right? I mean, if we go to work, we get paid. That's a good thing, right? That's the consequence of going to work. And so at the end of the day, what are the consequences to your actions? Good or bad, what are they? Paul is trying to get the Ephesians to understand that, that you have got to learn from Christ, that you've got to be better in Him. Futility only sees what matters for today and what relates to the current physical comforts. You know, and there are areas in my life, people will ask me, I, I have told people, they'll say, what, what's one of your biggest struggles? Selfishness. Doing the, I want to do what I want to do. And I'm sure I'm the only person that's that way. There's nobody else that's that way, I'm sure. But if I'm not careful, I can get so caught up in what I want that it causes problems for those around me. It will tear other people down rather than build other people up. Blindness of the heart refers to the will of a person. The will and the the emotions of an individual and to be blind is to, to see others in need and have no concern for them. To not care. To, to know that somebody needs help. To know that somebody doesn't know Christ and go, you know, well, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. To have no concern, whether it's in the spiritual or whether it's in the physical. You see somebody that doesn't have something and you can, prov- you can give them what they need and yet you don't, nah, I'm good. I'll just, I'll hang on to this. I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of it. But the thing is, is do we live a, a self-centered life or do we say, you know what? I'm gonna give myself over to Christ and I'm gonna do the right thing. And we have to allow God to work these things out in our lives and they may be different for every individual. I know what my struggles are. And you know what yours are. You know what God's dealing with you about. It doesn't matter how young or old we are. 
So what have we been, if that's what we're called from, what are we called to? We're called to a new life, to be different, to change the way that we do things. Paul saw these things and he said, you know, that he said, don't live unproductive. He was talking about not living an unproductive and self-serving life, but rather to imitate, he says, imitate God. Be imitators of God. Why? Because God is concerned with others. Because God loves us because God loves everybody. You know, there's one person that keeps coming to my mind and, and, and I know that I've, I've been praying for them ever since last week when pastor talked about loving people and it's hard. There's an individual that I met when I was 16 years old and, and I knew them very well and they made some decisions in their life that affected the lives of those that I care about. And I'm not gonna say they're hopeless or useless, but that has been my opinion of them for a long time. And I've had to do a lot of praying this week because of the way I feel about that individual. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you I've got it figured out because I don't. I still, standing right here right now, my blood pressure is going up just thinking about it because of the hurt and the pain that they have caused. But you know what? I have to remember, God loves them too. And they have been hurt. They didn't have the life. I mean, I didn't have the perfect life growing up. But let me tell you something. I had two parents that loved each other. They love me. And again, my life wasn't sunshine and lollipops all the time. But I know what love is. I was raised in a home where my mom and dad cared and they loved. And my mama used a one by two. You didn't want her to tell you to go to the kitchen. But at the end of the day, I have to remember not everybody had that. And this individual I'm talking about didn't have that. And so God's calling me to be different to forgive, and to love. How do we do that? We have to, Paul talks about knowing what's acceptable to the Lord. He encourages us to, to grow closer to God and, and to find out what it is that God is calling us to do. To, if we don't spend time with God, we ain't gonna know what he's wanting us to do. We ain't gonna know what that calling is in our life that he has for us. We're not gonna know what that purpose is that he's called us to serve. Because he's called you for a reason. He's called you for a purpose. Life is bigger than me. And that's something God's been dealing with me about. I, I tell you, I, I, I really struggle with selfishness, guys. I'm just, I, I didn't plan on saying all this about myself, but it's hard. Because I know what I want. But at the end of the day, I have to be willing to give it to God. Why? Because God is calling me to grow up. He's calling me to be more mature. And those are not easy words to say. I promise you. Because I have heard them. And it doesn't matter where we're at in our walk with God. God is challenging us to step up. To change. We have to learn God's ways. We have to understand it. We have to have a, a true understanding of what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is true in God's eyes. Because just because I think it's right doesn't mean it is. To know what puts a person in the right standing with God, that's righteousness. We have to know what those things are. 
We have to understand what holiness is, and we don't unless we talk to God, unless we get into his word, and we seek him, and we encourage each other, and we pray for one another, and we build each other up, because that's what we do. We live life together. We have to try to identify the things that are, are wrong. That are we have, to, we have to try to identify the things that are unfruitful. The unfruitful deeds that he talked about. He said, he said the, the unfruitful works of darkness. I'm sorry. We have to, we have to look at those things. We have to look and, and try to find understanding. God, what is right? What is wrong? Paul said that, he wrote, he said that just because something is permissible for me doesn't mean that I should do it. Just because I can do something doesn't mean I should. And there are things in my life that I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. There are things that I don't do in my life because God has said, you know what, you don't do those things. You know, at one point, uh, uh, before I started running, God was dealing with me for several weeks about getting up and going to run. And uh, at that time, I was still serving on, on staff, and we had a staff meeting one day, and pastor, he asked us, he said, guys, he said, he said, I just want to ask you a question. He said, uh, what are you not doing that God has asked you to do, that he's told you to do? Because if you're not doing something God's told you to do, then that's disobedience, and disobedience is a sin. And immediately, I, it was like, God was like, I told you to run. I was like, because I promise you there was a point in time where I did not like running. I enjoy it now. It's one of my favorite things. It's my hobby. You know, used to people ask me what my hobbies were, and I'd tell them I don't have any. i got four kids. Uh, but I do have a hobby. I enjoy running. I really do. And uh, it sometimes is exhausting. But I enjoy it. But God had been telling me to run for weeks. And Pastor said, and he asked me, he said, Brad, he said, what is it? He said, I... You know, obviously there's something. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure God's been telling me to run, and I just, I'm not a runner. And he said, why don't you just try? I'm getting a little, my, little ahead of myself here, but why don't you just try? And so I did. And it wasn't easy at first. But now I can do it. I, I'm not the best but I can do it. It's moving forward. It's doing the things that God asks us to do. And, you know, if, if we do everything that, it, if, if it's something that we could do on our own, we'd probably already be doing it. But God asks us to do things that are bigger than us, that it takes dependence upon Him to accomplish. And sometimes that's stepping out of our comfort zone to give somebody a word of encouragement, stepping outside of our comfort zone to do the things that God's asking us to do, no matter what it is. What is God asking you to do? No matter where we are in our walk, we're to consistently be looking for what is acceptable to God and identifying and avoiding the things that God is telling us to avoid. Because if we're not trying to keep from falling, eventually we're going to fall. Eventually we're going to stumble over something. And then I don't know about y'all, but any time that I fail at something or I fall down... You know, I, as a grown man, I, one, of my, one of my things is, is I don't want to fall. I had a guy tell me the other day, he said, you know, he said, you, with your running and everything, he said, you're going to fall at some point. He said, you're going to be running and you're going to trip. He said, you're going to fall. And there have been times I've almost done it, and I, and I pray every time, God, please just don't let me fall. 
because that would be embarrassing, 35 years old to trip and fall, but I've been there. I've tripped over carpet before. Anybody else been there? And it's embarrassing when it happens, is it not? But in the same way, when there are things in my life that God's wanting me to do, then I have to look at those things and go, okay, I have to be real careful about this because if I don't, I'm going to trip and fall over this. And it may just be the smallest thing. It may be a big thing. I don't know where you're at in your walk. I know what God's telling me about mine. For some of us, it's going to be easy to see what it is God's asking us to do. For others, it may be more difficult. We may have to dig in a little deeper. We may have to, to search a little harder and say, all right, God, I'm really, because we've got so much other stuff going on and we're trying to hear the voice of God and the world's just beating in with all the background noise and just, it's hard to find that time. But I promise you, when we begin to seek those things out, we will hear the voice of God and he will let us know what it is that we're supposed to do. How we should live. So what were we called for? We're all called to something. Hebrews chapter 10. Sorry. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to, to stir up one another to love and, good, and to good works, not neglecting meeting together as is a habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And that's talking about Jesus Christ coming back, and we're to build each other up. How can we encourage one another? You know, as, as part, I don't know exactly how all this stuff's going to work out with the ministry that God's called me to do through Exert, but I know that, I do know that yesterday, as I was running, and I ran a race yesterday, and as I was running, my whole prayer on the way to the race, and when I got there and started running, I was like, God, just give me somebody that I can share this story with, just that I can encourage, that I can just talk to, and, and, uh, and, and, and just have a conversation with, and sure enough, I met Shade, and uh, me and Shade, we started running together, and uh, uh I, I caught up to him, and, and he just he asked me how things were going and just hit off a conversation, and he asked me why I started running. We both started running about the same time, and uh, he told me a little bit about his story. He said, well, why would you start running? And so I just told him. God told me to. And I told him about the, the experience that I've had from that time to now. He sent me a message this morning. He said, Brad, he said, I just want you to know, he said, I appreciate you telling me your story. He said it was an encouragement. He said, you, have, you don't know how much I really wanted to, to give up. He said, because, yeah, I've been running and I enjoy it, but life gets hard. You know, whatever it is you're doing, seek an opportunity to build somebody up, to encourage somebody. That's why God put us here was to build each other up and to reach the lost, those that don't know anything about Jesus. You know, I know what my life was before I met Jesus, and I know what it is now. Do I still have problems? Yeah. Again, it ain't sunshine and lollipops all the time, but let me tell you something. It's better because I've got a source that I can go to, that I can draw upon, and I've got a family of believers around me that, I, that will encourage me, that I can talk to. You know, I promise you, when you're down, find somebody that's like-minded, that's in Christ, and just talk to them because we're to build each other up. That's what God's called us to do. We all need somebody. We all need somebody. 
And we're a family of believers. And, and we're, you know, Pastor was talking about a while ago, we don't like cliques. And that was one of the things that Paul talks about when you go and you read in Ephesians. He talked about the, the fact that there were, those, there were groups that were meeting together because the church was about 10,000 large is what they assume in, in, in Ephesus. And so he was talking about meeting together. But the problem was is that the Jewish Christians would meet over here and the Gentile Christians would meet over here. And they had home groups that they would meet in. But the problem was they weren't, they weren't blending together. They had a mentality of us four and no more. I'm, I'm good with this group of people. They had their cliques. And what Paul was telling them was, is get together. Get to know each other. Encourage each other. Build one another up. And that's what we're supposed to do. There is somebody, I promise you, if you ask God, he will tell you, there is somebody in your life that only you can reach. It's only going to listen to what you have to say. How do you reach that person? What do you say to that individual? You have a purpose. You have a purpose. The thing is, is that I don't work where you work. I don't have the same circle of friends outside of here that you have. We may have some friends that are the same, but we don't have all the same friends. Who is God calling you to influence? Because he's calling you to reach somebody he's not going to call me to reach. He's going to give you a door into somebody's life that I'm not ever going to have the opportunity to share with. You're called for a purpose.